Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Hey, everybody. This is part two of the Ganesha stories. And if you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to do that now first. Um, because I'm layering this episode on top of that one. So I think you'll enjoy it more if you hear the birth story and some of the foundational ideas about Ganesh before we go into these stories. Um, So where I left you last was Shiva was in the forest with his Gula, and he was searching around for a remedy because he had cut his son's head off. And he came across this gorgeous elephant, this old elephant who sacrificed his head. Um, And so Shiva cut off the elephant's head and he carried it back home and attached it to the baby boy's body. And thus Ganesh was born. And um, so he became, Ganesha became the Lord of Beginnings and the Lord of Thresholds and Awareness. And so we start to see him at the beginning of the home at the doorway at the front door and then right inside the foyer to signify the beginning of things and and something um that i've thought about a lot over the years that has been super helpful to me is that in terms of beginnings i think a lot of us like crave this idea of oh we're not going to start until everything's stitched up nicely but ganesha calls us in and he invites us in to the beginning being even right in the middle of things. So a beginning of a breath right in the middle of a day, the beginning of a conversation right in the swirl of chaos of other things. And so there's this invitation that he gives us that's always like, okay, now begin again, start with something new. And I love that. It's just a really very simple, but very sweet idea Um, so I also talked a lot about last episode about his trunk and how it turns towards the Ladu or it turns towards the Indian suite. And this idea is that we can be invited to turn towards what is working, towards what's being offered, what's being cobbled out in front of us as a path, as opposed to not listening to what's being offered and having this very hardened, um, structured agenda that has nothing to do with presence of heart. And so when we turn towards the grain, towards what's working, oftentimes this um, naturally puts us on a path of alignment. And that's what Ganesh does is he calls us back to that, remembering, as I said last time over and over again, uh, that we're every character in the story. Ganesha or Ganapati, names are interchangeable here, is the most elemental and the most primal of all the gods. And so the the elephant is the lord of the forest, the peaceful presence of both this being of ferocity and primalness, but also refinement and detail and dexterity. 
Ganesha is deeply committed to his mother and to the relationship of the goddess and the divine feminine, which we see in his birth story, because he actually became himself um, when he was defending the threshold while his mama was taking a bath. The Ganesha that we've come to know runs in the veins of yogis and lives deep in the forest. And as royal and as majestic as he can be, he is still really playful and sweet and invites us into that spontaneity and lightness and presence of heart. And he rides on this mouse, um, which is amazing because he's kind of heavy and awkward and um, a little bit bumbly, <laughs> but he rides on this tiny mouse and he's so balanced and light on this mouse. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about how that came to be a little later. Um, but this mouse used to be this grouchy elephant that Ganesh changed him into his vehicle. And Ganesh came from the forest and rivers to the villages and to the cities to become part of civilization, part of the conversation, to become in the middle of things. So not just out in the caves um, meditating, but he comes down to be among the householders and to have human conversations, um, which I think we're all trying to do. Like right in the middle of things, we're trying to find these places of refuge and um, spiritual peace and dropping into our breath and all of these things, but we have to do it right in the middle, slam right in the middle of our lives. Um, and so I think Ganesh is a really good model for that, a good teacher for that. He's so friendly. He welcomes us with a smile and with direct connection. I think he always looks us in the eye and he's got this intelligence and this playfulness about him and he's magnetizing that way. One of Ganesh's greatest teachings is authenticity, which I love. And you guys know that. Um, I talk about that a lot in this podcast and how to accept the skin that we were born into. Two of Ganesh's greatest offerings have to do with this idea of authenticity and accepting the skin that we're in. The first one is empowerment. So feeling empowered to be exactly who we are and to feeling um, into as we go on in life, to feeling into our ness, our ability to expand ourselves um, with a courageous presence of heart into exactly who we are and who we're meant to be and how we're meant to show up. And number two, his second greatest gift is entitlement. And not like, oh my God, she's so entitled. Not like that kind of entitlement, but the entitlement to express our own name and our own title and our own flavors, the things that are honestly coming to you, the things that are honestly a part of your fabric. So drawing your inner desire and your natural gifts and pulling those out into expression and having the sense of worth, of, of self-worth and offering in order to do that, to become even more yourself, which sometimes I think takes a little bit of adhikara, which is the word for beginner's mind, because we get these ideas about ourselves that other people have given to us, that other people have said about us and these labels, and we get sort of bogged down by those, like I'm this or I'm that, because that was that's what people see me as. But if we start to see ourselves with a fresh, fresh perspective, 
with a beginner's mind, then we are able or capable, hopefully, to begin to see the flavors that we're truly entitled to. And that's one of the promises and the blessings of Ganesha and the stories here. Um, Ganapati reminds us that, and I love this so much, he reminds us that we're in this, this doorway of majesty, this threshold of majesty, when we begin to be ourselves completely. We have the potency then of our own integrity. And then that action of becoming ourselves and accepting that and softening into that and being malleable to be ourselves, we become whole. It becomes like a salve. We become whole through the broken places. Um, and that's wondrous. <laughs> it's really, really wondrous to feel like yourself over and over again. And it's such a practice because we get things you know, that cover us up, things that people say about us, heartbreaks, tragedies, things that get cut in the road in front of us. And so we have to practice going around those things and, and um, continuing to come back to our own feet. I want to jump back to the moment in the birth story when, when Shiva cuts off his son's head and Shakti runs down the stairs from her, her bubble bath. And she's like, no, that's our son. And so in that moment, he cuts off the baby's head and the, the old head rolls to the side. And then we don't hear anything of it again. So you can begin to ask the question, because remember, all of these stories are made for us to start asking the deeper questions of ourselves, start to get into a rhythm of deep inquiry about our own lives. So you start to ask, what happens to the residue? What happens to what rolls away? What isn't part of the new story? So the old head becomes obsolete and not mentioned again because it's no longer helpful. And the lesson here, the seam in the story, is that some things are best left and forgotten. And those are the things that no longer hold the potency of Sri or of beauty. And those are the things that are best left falling away. And this is such a great lesson for all of us because it's this, you know, deeper reminder to let go and allow things to become food for something else when it's time. Because they're not, they're not valuable to what's ahead or even to the present moment. Because when Ganesh becomes himself with the elephant head, that head doesn't need to be even in the conversation anymore. So with the attachment of this, this head, this new head, Ganesha begins to represent more than himself. He, he begins to bring in the idea of a new thing, two things being put together that have never been put together. So this body... This original body was taken apart to create something new and magical out of that wound. So there's this desire then that we have, and you've probably run up against this at, at various times in your life and in your path. There's this desire to pull yourself apart and dismantle all the things in order to investigate deeper and to reveal more possibility for yourself. So a new thing. Ganesha is the essence 
for us of authentic embodiment. And in order to create something new, and this is big, it's simple and it's big. In order to create something new, we have to dissolve. In order to participate in something greater, we have to break ourselves off somewhere. And the universe, luckily, thankfully, wants our prosperity, wants us to thrive. So it's rooting for us. We have forces that are rooting for us. In order to evolve a world, our world, we have to break a world. So it's this desire that Ganesh points to, to want more. So we live in this kind of chaotic, conflicted universe And we have this desire to experience more than ourselves, to make life valuable and worth living because there's something else to want, something inviting, something that we're being invited to. And so that thing, that texture is the conversation of intimacy. So Ganesh is going to represent the invitation of intimacy over and over and over again. And you don't have intimacy unless you have authenticity, vulnerability, the willingness to show up as yourself. That's where intimacy begins. And when we think about the creative process, we know that it doesn't get easier It doesn't get simpler, but it does get more compelling. And it's heating and it's frictive and it's it moves us and it's a difficult process that is all about summoning energies and creating even more commitment to yourself. And so Ganesha, remember, he's you and you're him and all the parts of him and the stories of him are parts and stories of you. So in Ganesha, we see this character who represents our deepest commitment. And so we invoke Ganesha to remind us that there's obstacles in everything and that that finding the value of something, the value of your life, the potency of your life is not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And oftentimes, the more valuable, the more difficult it is. Because real value, real conversation, real authenticity, real relationship is never easy. But it's worth the friction. It's worth the pebble in your shoe. It's worth the conversation. It's worth the shri, the word that means beauty. And the good news is, is that it never gets easier, but you get more awake and alive. You get more awake and alive and you get more momentum, I think. And so I know if you're listening to this, you're a seeker because the people that aren't seekers stopped listening a long time ago. So I know that you're in a place of deeply questioning or you would have stopped listening. So you've chosen this path. And in this path, there's this rub. There's this sand in the oyster to make the pearl. There's this frictive quality. And as the world gets more compelling with more challenges and more experiences of competition and more chaos and more things swirling around you, this is also where things began to flourish, where healthy 
competition and chaos and swirl becomes part of the friction and helps to create evolution. And you start to recognize what is yours in front of you. What is the cobblestone path that's leading to your alignment? So the sweet part, (laughs) the sweet, sweet part is Kula is our connection and reflection of others around us, our inner circle, the people that love us, your close people. They remind us to stay afloat, to keep walking step by step, to stay on the path, to watch for the sweetness, to listen to your intuition, to lean on each other, to hold each other's hands. Everything around you, including you, is trying to reach its own brightest version. And relationships... Folks that are in relationship with us, that we choose to be in relationship with us, help us do this. And we want to be great in the reflection of others. We want to start to be our, our best version. And Ganesha represents the fulfillment of this greatness, the fulfillment, the juiciness of being fully ourselves. And so we're invited to this joy and this collaborative process of art. It's art. And so, ah, this is my favorite part as a writer. So Ganesh breaks off his tusk in order to write his own story. So he breaks in order to create. He becomes the scribe. History, legacy, and then giving it a body. He writes it down because the story becomes a body in the universe. And like all bodies, it's volatile and subject to break down. But our broken parts, our broken parts are the entry points in, you guys. It's our wounds that are the invitation. Ganesh's first wound, when his father cuts off his head, becomes the invitation to the greatest version of himself. And he starts to form this critical threshold for us to understand ourselves better. And so Ganesha is the story of the origin of Kula, the origin of connection. The collective can create new relationships, but the solitude has to be cracked first. So the solitude that Shiva has on the mountaintop Cracks open with Shakti's embodiment, consciousness embodied. And so at the intersection, you have Ganesha, the beginning of things, right in the middle of things. Hmm. Okay. Um, I have one more story for you. It's about Kubera, who is the god of wealth and prosperity. And so Kubera, kind of living high on the hill, And having all this stuff, um, he wants to be seen for his wealth and his stuff, and he's pretty vain. And he wants to impress Ganesha. And so he invites him to his home. And he invites Ganesha to his house for this feast. And Ganesha's hungry, as usual, per (laughs) usual. And so he says yes. Um, And Kubera is positive that he's 
going to be able to satisfy his hunger. And so he has this army of cooks and they um, cook all of this tempting food and delicious food of every kind and put it in this these gold, gorgeous gold dishes and put it in this um, ballroom that's a big feast. And he brings Ganesh in and Ganesh eats everything. And so he keeps bringing in more and more food and has his cooks come up with new dishes to feed him. And then just this just keeps happening and Ganesh keeps eating. And finally, when there's no more food in the house, Ganesh begins to eat all the pots and pans and everything around him, the tablecloths, the candlesticks, everything. And so Kubera asks him to stop. But Ganesh is like on this hunger rampage and he just can't seem to stop. And so eventually Kubera has to go and talk to Shiva and say, look, you got to come and stop your son from eating. He's just eating me out of house and home. And so Shiva comes to try to see what he can do. And he asks Kubera the question, was your intention to honor Ganesh when you had him here, when you invited him here? Or was your intention to showcase yourself? And Kubera just watched and didn't answer the question. But he watched Shiva take pick one grain of rice off the table. And he looks at Ganesh and he offers it, the grain of rice to Ganesh. And he stops eating. And he becomes satisfied, feeling the intention and the love from his father. And so there's this really simple and beautiful lesson because Kubera finally understands that there's no amount of worldliness, there's no amount of wealth and stuff that we spread out in front of ourselves or other people that is going to satisfy unless it's an offering from the heart. And so Ganesh reminds us again that there's so much to savor. And if we're not coming from the origin of intention and love, then we become empty over and over again. And so it's always pointing us back to intentionality, to authenticity, to being right where we are. And creating from the presence of the heart. I love that story. It's really simple but really important to remember, particularly in this age of consumerism, I think. So thinking about how you receive things and how you give things from the heart. Okay, one more. I want to tell you all a little bit about Ganesh's vehicle, the mouse, and how that came to be. So Ganapati found this, he came across this grouchy elephant, this grumpy elephant in the forest one day. Um, And instead of eliminating him or destroying him, he turns him into a mouse uh, because he recognizes that that grouchy small place is a part of himself too, that place that doesn't cherish things. And so this mouse becomes his vehicle and reminder because Ganesh is this character of great reflection. He's always thinking deeply and he invites the smaller version of himself to become something productive and something helpful. 
he invites his smaller self into the conversation, which is just so indicative of his power of self-reflection. Ganesha invites us into the wholeness of our character, recognizing that all the parts of us are not the same and they all belong to us. So Ganesh is the new conversation. He's the conversation of joy and turning into the sweet instead of the self-punishing kind. Thank goodness, because we have enough of that, right? So I want to tie this up with two questions for you to go back to your day with. Where are you not showing up as completely yourself? And where are you in the conversation and in the action of breaking your own tusk in order to reveal your own story? Where are you not showing up as completely yourself? And where are you in the conversation and in the action of breaking your own tusk to become the scribe, to write your own story? Such really beautiful questions to chew on. So that's enough for today. I wanted to give a special shout out to all of my patrons and listeners. Thank you so much for being such a special part of this creative process and for supporting me all these years and these episodes um, to create this material. So if you would like to become a patron of this podcast, it's super easy. We'll put the link in the show notes and you can join our wonderful community. Um, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and blessings along your way. Take good care.